What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So the Mets have announced their new manager. It's going to be Buck Showalter, which is really not a surprise to anybody. He was the favorite, but team owner Steve Cohen tweeted it out today, and he's going to take over. Showalter is going to be the newest skipper in Queens. And the exact dollar figure isn't yet known. It's being reported that he's received the biggest deal the Mets have ever given to a manager, and that... That number was previously $9.4 million. So it's a three-year deal for north of $9.4 million to manage the New York Mets. So the Mets have been looking for, you know, a, a real manager. I mean, when I say real, no offense to the guys who have been there recently, but they've been looking for, like, a a manager to stay, you know, someone who's really going to hold it down. Ever since Terry Collins' run as manager ended after 2017, I think he retired. But Terry Collins was... Seven years, manager of the Mets. But then after that, Mickey Calloway was fired after two seasons. And then they they hired Carlos Beltran, who obviously um, had to step out after the whole sign-stealing scandal. And then bench coach, coach Luis Rojas took over heading into 2020. And then now they're bringing in Buck Showalter. So it's been quite a revolving door since 2017. But over the past two seasons, Luis Rojas had this team go 103-119. and That was a record. And that's disappointing for a team with so much star power. But obviously, you can't pin it down on him. You, know, you can't pin those struggles down on him. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's a tough business that when you are a manager, a lot of people want to do that. But you know, if we're being fair, you know, there are a lot more f- factors in play than just the manager. But I would say one different thing about Showalter is like, unlike is that unlike Luis Rojas, Carlos Beltran, Mickey Calloway, those guys were going to be, well, they were first-time managers, or Beltran was going to be a first-time manager. Showalter is not new. You know, he's a known commodity. I mean, he's managed 20 seasons in the major leagues. So he has a winning record in, in the major leagues. He's taken home manager of the year awards with three different teams, 1994 Yankees, 2004 Rangers, 2014 Orioles. It's like, that's... 10, 10 years apart. Um, but Showalter has never won a World Series as a manager, even though that's not really a big deal. Despite that, a lot of people around the league have really had good things to say about his leadership skills. And they say that's the reason why teams become postseason contenders. I mean, most recently, let's look at his time in Baltimore. So he helped turn a rebuilding club into one of the most winning teams in the American League. or the, Sorry, one of the American League's most winningest teams. So his first season with Baltimore, they only won 69 games. And then he quickly saw them have winning records the next five seasons. And then they made the playoffs three times during that stretch, including once as a first-place team. That's no small feat considering the powerhouses that are in the AL East, especially financially. You know, you're competing with the Red Sox and Yankees who, who have a lot of money to spend. Yet... Showalter has been able to outperform them. So it's been some time since Showalter was on one of these big powerhouses. You know, he was managing the Yankees in 1995. Now he's going to manage a team with even greater resources at its disposal than the 95 Yankees. I mean, the Mets have made a bunch of win-now moves, but they have launched their 2022 payroll to new heights. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, they have, as of right now, they have the highest payroll in all of baseball and they did it with months left to go 
in the off season. So there's still time to add more, to be honest. But you know, talking about Scherzer, Starling Marte, Marcana, Eduardo Escobar, these guys have already joined the Mets this off season. And you know, it's it's become very clear that they're they're not happy being under five hundred. And you know, you add those guys to the people who were there before, DeGrom, Nimmo, Lindor, Alonzo, and the Mets are teaming they're 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 overflowing with talent. It's an embarrassment of riches, but obviously you still have to perform. But they they really don't have any excuse at this point. They don't have any excuse. They have the talent. They have a tenured manager. They have a good manager. What is their excuse? So we really need to see the Mets make a deep playoff push this year. That's that's the minimum, honestly. They they need to make it to like you know the NLCS. I mean that's just if we're being honest. Anything less than that is quite a failure. But we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of time between now and then. In other news, so we're hearing a little bit about Carlos Correa's market. You know, this is an interesting thing. I think this is an interesting development because apparently the Tigers gave him a 10-year, $275 million offer at one point this winter. And, you know, he obviously turned it down. And presumably that offer came before the Tigers signed Baez to the deal at six years, 140. But here's what I think about this is that, you know, teams are not going to, well, there are a couple things. Well, first of all, 10 years, 275 million is, is well underneath what Correa is looking for. He's surely trying to beat Francisco Lindor, who got 10 years, 341. Okay. There, there's a huge gap there. He's, I mean, if you just line up the contracts, you know, Machado got 10 years, 300 a couple years ago. Um, like I said, Lindor just got 10 years, 341. And then you had, uh, Tatis who was at, I think 13 or 14 years for 340, but the total value is going to have to be well north of 300 for Carlos Correa. But the way I see it is that, I mean, teams are not going to want to bid against themselves, right? They can make an offer. I mean, yes, he'll decline it, but he needs to have a better offer come from somewhere else. And, if you look around, I mean, the Rangers are good. They just signed Seager and Semyon, so they're out of the market. I mean, the Tigers just got Javi Baez, so they, they'll probably be out of the market. They're probably not going to come back and pay, you know, 300 plus million for Correa when they already just got a short stop. And then that leaves you with who? I mean, Houston obviously needs a short stop, but they already made an offer to Carlos Correa, and apparently, their owner has told colleagues that he won't make an offer more than six years in length. That's not going to get, I mean, they can get high AAV, but it's probably not going to get it done six years in length unless they offer something like, I don't know, like $40 million a year or something like that. Then Carlos Correa would be you know, very enticed by that offer, but I doubt the Astros will do so. So who is left that needs a shortstop that would be willing to pay Carlos Correa the money he's looking for. I mean, you have to look at big payroll teams. Well, really, almost any team could do it, but who needs a shortstop? Well, the Yankees do. The Dodgers do, assuming they, they, they just keep Trey Turner at second base. But, you know, we haven't really heard much from either of those teams. It could be that they're waiting for this lockout to finish so they know what the new luxury tax structure is and then they can make an offer with all that information in mind. But, yeah, I mean, we, we don't really know who exactly the front runner is for Carlos Correa at this time. 
especially since the Tigers have now signed Javier Baez. It's a lot cloudier than it looked a few weeks ago. But honestly, if you look historically, the top free agent every winter tends to get paid, particularly when that player is is young, you know, relatively young for a free agent. And that's the case with Carlos Correa as a 27-year-old. You know, it would be... It, it would be it would be unsurprising. I mean, if other teams joined the bidding war, we, we would not be surprised when they're like, oh, wow, this guy's still out there. Let's go ahead and start making bids. So we'll just keep an eye on it and, and see what happens there. But you're not going to see Carlos Correa go, you know, go for less than than the money he's looking for. He's not going to go for less than Lindor money in my, in my prediction. I think teams will realize like, oh, wow, we have this talent. It's 27-year-old, you know, shortstop. Or all-star shortstop on the market. Let's go ahead and get him. When they realize, maybe they realized it's now within reach when they had previously thought it wouldn't be in reach, and then things become possible. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But that is gonna do it for today, folks. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.